Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone D, People's Dynasty Podcast, and on this week's show... We are going to go most likely to, and when I think of co-host, I'm most likely to go to this man. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's up, man? You are most likely going to have to save the show and keep it on the rails when I come on. Listen, buddy, I am having a great day. Another day of just fantasy football glory, and I get to talk with my big homie, I got a Debbie draft going on right now. Uh, I am under the gun, so to speak, for the poker lingo. Um, we'll see. I might be on the clock at some point. Uh, I am, you know, treading water, trying to stay afloat in that bad boy. So we'll see at some point. But how the hell have you been, my buddy? You know, it was uh, it was tough not having you here last week, but I had committed to do that mock draft with the guys over at the Dynasty Rewind. And I had to get the show out. And, of course, you work late on Mondays, so you do what you got to do sometimes. But I did get some Jerry in my life. We hung out last week. You helped me with the Patreon pod. And uh, that that's what uh, that's what we do. We're always out providing what we say we will do. And uh, 
Man, I'm ready to talk about this rookie class. Just want to get into a couple of things real quick. Man, five-star reviews. Hook us up, guys. We have been stuck in the mud. We have been stagnant at 198 for what seems like forever. We need to break that uh, that ceiling of 200, Jerry. But we did get a positive one. Uh, let the, I won't even take a negative one. I really don't care. Tell us what you think. We can't make the show better without your input. And it says, I can get player opinions and hot takes anywhere. These guys focus on strategy and the how and why behind every move. This is next level advice. And that is from Animus Max via Apple Podcast. And he did that on 512. Well, Animus, thank you so much for your review. Thank you for the kind words. We do try to do things a little bit differently here at the Dynasty War Zone. And if you could take just a second. One of the, one of the reviews the other day said, I, I, I could at least go out of the way to take 10 seconds to leave my five star. You don't even have to leave, leave comments. We just we want the five stars, man, or any stars, to be honest, Jerry. Uh, what what would you do to get to 200? I mean, would you embarrass yourself? I mean, more than normal. Listen, I'm about to embarrass myself with what I'm about to say. Um, so that comment by Animus Max, right? Uh, that's Latin. I don't know if you know that. I know that, unfortunately. So it's like uh, I, I the, know greatest Latin, spir- the greatest I know spirit or the greatest bind, the greatest you know rationale. So whoever that is, bless their sweet nerd heart. Um, Listen, I would do a bunch of awful shit if we can get to 200, Randy. Listen, I will attempt a backflip, and I will let you guys know I cannot land a backflip. Um, I do have insurance, so I should be okay should anything go wrong, and it'll be worth the clicks. Uh, I, I will do anything. I, You know what I will not do? I will not eat black olives because black olives are the most repulsive thing really? on the face of this planet. Well, you've taught me two things. You taught me some Latin. Now, I didn't know that was a root language. You know, I know that's uh, Spanish is tied to Latin, Italian tied to Latin. So, so you're educating me, and I did not know you had an aversion to black olives. Is this They're something awful. that? You, and my wife loves them. It's I do horrible. too. I, I'm I'm on team Mrs. Jerry here. What's wrong with you? Black olives? Well, no, you not have them on anything. Like not on pizza, not on Mexican food, nothing. No, absolutely not. And she loves it on pizza. We always have agree. to split it. I, I'm half banana peppers. She's half olives. Mrs. Jerry is more of a saint than I ever thought she was. And speaking of Jerry doing backflips, you know, if Jerry does a backflip, we can record that and put it on attempts, our YouTube. Attempt, attempts uh, a backflip. You ever, you ever Bust see his the, ass is what he'll actually do. You ever see the MTV show Ridiculousness? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Like the, the the logo of the guy like bent backwards. I mean, how could you not? If you turn on MTV, they only play ridiculous yeah. reruns 20 out of 24 hours a day. But you're going to look like that logo. They call it the Scorpion. You're going to be all bent backwards and, and turned and like a broken neck. And that's not good at your age, Jerry. You don't heal it's like not. you used to. No. Even even walking down the stairs, I might roll my ankle. It's horrible. All right. And if you, you can get all of that, you can get all of the goodness that is Jerry and me. And you can see the sweet new background that our friend G of the Aussie guys made us. Always uh, uh, dude, G is fantastic with the graphics. So you know the customization of MFL. You're you you familiar? Oh yeah. Okay, but I was waiting for you to talk, but I yeah. Well, well, sorry. I I thought this it was is an implied. audio like, show. Like, like we are, an... we are. We... <laughs> Nobody said I was good. I told you you were carrying me today. And uh, is this is an audio show. And so Jerry, you're familiar with the functionality of MFL and the the, the graphics that you can put the little little team logo. Indeed, sir, I am. G does all of mine, and dude, he does a great job. So if you're checking out the graphics on YouTube, that was done by G of the Aussies. And uh, call out the social media real quick, uh, at Dynasty Warzone, Instagram and Twitter, and DynastyWarzone at gmail.com. So, Jerry, when you were in school, all, every every senior class does this. You know, you have the most likely to succeed. You have the most likely to wind up in jail. You have the most likely to. So we're going to do some most likely to categories tonight with this rookie class. But what were you voted most likely to in high school as you were on the way out? Uh, I kept to myself a little bit. But if it was going to be anything, it was most likely to play video games, most likely. Because it seems like that's all I did in high school. And anyone, you know, there's there's a few people that I went to high school that listened to this show. I think they can attest to that, and they can attest that I'm pretty damn good at video games, for the record, also. Now, what was your video game of choice 
at the time. High school Jerry. Halo. Halo for sure. All right. Now, I was voted most likely to be a politician. That Um, is the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, my wife always says you argue so much you should have been an attorney. She's not wrong. She she is not wrong whatsoever. But we're going to get into this rookie class. You know, we're going to go through. You know what, Jerry? Let's just jump into the first one. Normally, we do the Patreon spot here, but we'll just do the Patreon spot here in a minute. Okay. Let's go, let's go most likely to succeed out of all the rookies in the 2021 20, class. And you can go as layup-ish as you want. But who is your 2021 20, rookie? that is most likely to succeed, not only this year, but long-term for their career? Uh, I I did not want to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think I wanted to sort of lean a little bit more on the 2021 production also. So I went with Najee Harris, sort of a layup, maybe a reverse layup, if you will. It's just, it's just such a good-ass spot. Like it, when, when a running back lands in Pittsburgh – and he's got that offense that loves to dump to him. He's a good prospect. He's got great draft capital. It's it's going to be tough for him not to succeed there. And he's a running back, so his value is going to be pretty static. It's going to be pretty stable. It's going to be tough for him to, you know, dip at all. So uh, I think Najee, because if he busts, Randy, if Najee Harris busts, it is going to be colossal to a lot of teams because this is not an extremely deep elite class sort of like the one we saw in 2020 so if he's one that doesn't hit it's going to be rough um especially because it's such a good spot like it's not like travis Etienne. you can like travis Etienne or not either way he was in your top three of dynasty running backs didn't land in such a conducive spot that Najee did. So uh, I'm going to say Najee. It was sort of easy for me. Thoughts on Najee? Who do you got? Because here's the thing about Randy. Originally, I'm going to pivot because originally I had Najee as well. Okay. But these guests do not deserve redundant answers. We are going to go, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. He was my backup in case. See, this is what happens when you do a podcast with Jerry. You, you, You write a show sheet on Saturday. You send it to him on Tuesday morning. He fills out nothing. He doesn't even look to make sure that he's not you know, duplicating your listen, work. Listen, 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 listen. Hold on. I did fill it out. But for some reason, so I have it pulled up on my computer right now, and it's not what I wrote in here. So I have to have it on my phone also right now. So I, I don't know why it didn't get filled out because I did fill it out. Well, I, I love giving you a hard time. And I know there's this misconception that Pittsburgh does not rush the ball, but James Conner in 11 starts, 13 games last year, had 170 rushes. And Benny the Snell had 111. And Anthony McFarlane had 33. So this team you know, rushed the ball plenty of times last year. And I think they want to rush the ball more. And there's this misconception that the offensive line's bad. And I agree, the offensive line's not great. They lost Alejandro Villanueva to the division rival Ravens. They lost their center Pouncey to retirement. But let me ask you a question, Jerry. You know a little bit about football. How many stacked boxes is Najee going to see when you've got Deontay Johnson, you've got Juju, you've got Claypool, and here's a little sneaky note for you. Um, You're not going to hear his name, at least not for me tonight, Pat Fryermuth. If Pat Fryermuth has a pulse, he's already better at blocking than Eric Ebron. So you're going to have all these offensive weapons. How do you put seven or eight in the box against those weapons? He's going to have some lanes to run. He's a good pass catcher. They're also lining him up in the slot. I love versatile I love versatile running backs. So that was my notes on Najee Harris. Mine's going to be Jamar Chase. And I know I, I loved your point, and I, that hurts to say. I loved your point uh, a couple of weeks ago when you talked about well, Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase had a year together at LSU, and they broke records. And I loved your point that Joe Burrow and T. Higgins had a year together last year, and they did well together. But this is an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be behind. It's a bad defense. And there's more than enough to go around. And I just love the talent of Jamar Chase. My take on Jamar Chase is not so much the quarterback and the fact that they went to college together. It's about the offense. It's about the the weapons around him. How do you double Jamar Chase? I mean, I'm sure they will, you know, play here, there, etc. But 
they're a tight end away from being a really, really dynamic offense. And I, I like Jamar Chase. I like the athleticism. I like the landing spot. I mean, do you see a world where Jamar Chase fails? I mean, I'm not, I'm not projecting, tough. I'm not projecting, you know, Justin Jefferson's 2020 in Minnesota, but no, I think, man. I think 1200 yards, 1100 yards, you know, maybe eight touchdowns as a rookie is completely within the realm of possibilities, especially if Joe Burrow is healthy all season. Yeah. It, it, I mean, how worried are you about T Higgins? I know you're a fan. And so if you're going to say he's most likely to succeed, I think that sort of implies that you think he is going to be the wide receiver one there. Is that what we're getting at? Yeah, I mean, I think he's cl- I think he's clearly more talented and more athletic. I, I think it allows T. Higgins to be more of a complimentary wide receiver. And I'm interested to see how it impacts Tyler Boyd more than anyone else at this point. But I think walking in the door just the way that Jamar Chase carries himself. He has that persona of an alpha. He seems to have all the characteristics, all the tools, the draft capital, and everything that comes with it. Yeah, I just hard not seeing him being the man when he walks in those doors. And if you see him as the wide receiver one in that offense, and you know the offense that we foresee coming from T. Higgins and Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase it should be pretty successful. Assuming they can block for the man and assuming his knee doesn't turn to bone dust, it should be a productive offense. And if he is going to be the top alpha guy, which he is the top alpha prospect, we'll see if that translates to the league, then yes, he is going to be a demon and he is going to be a monster. I can dig it. You will not get an argument from me on this one. Well, I usually like it when you argue a little bit. All right, I'm going to give you just a second. I'm going to talk about our patron. Uh, man, we have had a bunch of new members join in the Such last sweethearts. Uh, I'm telling you, man, they continue to join. And uh, I don't think Andrew, one of our newest patrons, was prepared for the group chat. Uh, <laughs> n- n- now, to his credit, he jumped right in. He's been mixing it up with the fellas and ladies all day in the patron. But, Jerry, what are the two Vs of fantasy football? That is volume and value, my friend. Look at this. You are getting so – you're better at this than you think. And that's what we give you at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Uh, and it's still five bucks a month. The cost of, Jerry, did you know for the cost of one bootleg gallon of gasoline that you can become a patron of, for a full month? Out of a trash bag? I, I was going to think out of like one of those Rubbermaid tubs poured in a funnel. I, I still don't know how you measure it. Uh, that's crazy to me. Um, I, I did not see any gas hoarding here. But, man, you don't have to hoard all the goodness over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We have got that. Uh, I'm helping people with their rookie drafts. I'm, I'm going through DMs. Uh, we're talking about Deshaun Watson trades, just all that stuff. We do the bonus podcast. We do it every Thursday. And you even jumped on and did one with me last week. We get a little bit more strategy-based. We've been doing some conversations over there. And uh, we're still doing patron leagues. Are you do you're doing the Devi patron league right now? Yes, uh, we got that draft going. We'll see how the hell that goes. I'm sort of hoping that I don't end up on the clock while this show's going, so that I can look into it a little more. We're in our second year. It's pretty depleted. Five rounds. Luckily, Kane, our friend, uh, he's there helping helping everybody out. Mostly me. I just mean me. Um, so I don't fall flat on my face. Well, that is what you do, and I am wrapping up Americans versus Australians. We have a ton of Australian patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and as well as the group chat. It literally goes 24-7 because of the Australians, and there's room for you. Man, we're creeping up on 100 total patrons, and we'd love to have you. And we're going to be kicking off a patron auction this coming week, uh, going to be ran by our friend Neil, loyal OG, original patron Neil, as well as the Debbie. We're going to be rolling out 12 in June. Lots of good stuff going on over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Jerry, are you ready to make people mad? Yes. Are, you're, you're good at making people mad. I try. So um, make someone mad. Who is your rookie most likely to bust, not only for 2021, but potentially their career? I went 
pretty easy with this one as well. This is a person that has first round ADP, and they landed in the absolute worst spot that you could hope for a wide receiver. And that's Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens. Randall, um, what is there to say? The amount of 100-yard games over the last two seasons, I think, is like five or something. I, somebody tweeted it recently, and it, it was it was not good. Baltimore was the absolute bottom, bottom of the barrel. They had to You had to reach down into the bargain bin of all of the old VHS tapes. We're not even in the DVD section. Baltimore's just not, they're, they're not a spot. And Rashad Bateman can be a great prospect and still not be a great fantasy option. And listen, there's a real chance that Lamar Jackson just needed better assets than Marquise Brown. You know, he gained Sammy Watkins. He gained Rashad Bateman, maybe. But I am a person that is very much consumed by history. And the history tells me that's just not his game. This is not what he's going to do. So I, you know, and Sammy Watkins was brought in and Mark Andrews is still there and J.K. Dobbins is almost certainly to grow and Lamar Jackson is really effing good at running the ball. So he's going to continue to run the ball, which means he's going to vulture touchdowns. The upside is just super limited. And I get why you're taking him. I get it. He's a very talented wide receiver. And if he is the guy that catches touchdowns, sort of tight end value-esque, you know, it's it's a bit of a hit, but it's a risk that I am just not willing to take. And if I am going to weigh all of my options, the wide receiver you have to take in the first round of a rookie draft that got drafted to a Lamar Jackson offense has got to be near the top of the most likely to bust. So let me ask you this. This is not a talent-based take. This is a data-based take. The, it, da- the data speaks for itself. It does. And he's not – it would be one thing if he was Jamar Chase. He's a good prospect, you know. We, but we've had lots of good prospects turn out not great. You know, it, it's one thing if he's Calvin Johnson or it's one thing if he's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or any, any of these guys. He He's not. He's a good – he's a good talent. Um, he's going to be a good player for them. He will almost certainly make them better, which is what they drafted him to do. I just, it's tough to rely on him for us in, in our circumstance. I, I don't want to beat the volume dead horse, but it's, it's simply the volume. Lamar averages 400 pass attempts a season. He completes 65, he completes 16 balls a game, ladies and gentlemen, 16. So, how many of those does Rashad Bateman have to catch to be a hit? You can love the talent, you can love the guy, but the data says, and that's all we have to go by, you can put all the narrative and opinion, and you can but what if it all you want. But what if? But what if the Ravens are a very good team with a very good defense, and they play bully ball? What's the old expression? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's a great regular season offense. I would love to see Lamar open it up a little bit, but I don't know that they will. Um, there was I saw some pretty damning stats on Greg Roman the other day about you know the number of 300-yard passes that he's coached in his career. Uh, when you go back to Michael Vick, who had Greg Roman, and they were showing Algie. Jerry, you're not even old enough to remember Algie Crumpler. My buddy Jim's watching this on, on Twitter. He remembers Algie Crumpler. And Algie Crumpler was a baller with Michael Vick and Greg, Greg Roman. I just, it's tough. I liked Rashad Bateman a lot coming out. It's a tough landing spot. Now, Jerry, I'm going to tell you who my most likely to bust is, and I am going to piss people off. And it's okay. Um, so yours was a database take. It wasn't nothing against Rashad Bateman. It was about and just actually, simple... sorry. Let me let me interrupt you real quick. Sure, I, I found I found the person that tweeted it. So it was a hundred yard receiving games produced over the last two years, and it was by Warren Sharp at Sharp Football. The absolute bottom of the league, not tied with anybody, is Baltimore with five over the last two years. The Atlanta Falcons have 23 in that same time frame, if that says anything. Anyway, sorry, Randy. I just wanted to give credit where credit was due. Now, first of all, I love you giving credit where credit is due. And our good friend of the show, Izzy Alcafas, has shared that information as well. It's a database take. It's nothing against Bateman. Now, mine, my most likely to bust is an organizational base take. 
It's not about the player. It's about the organization. And for me, prepare yourself. People are going to think I'm an anti-Ohio State guy. The other day I had J.K. Dobbins ranked 8th of the last two classes of running backs, the 2020 and 2021. And the Ohio State, the, uh, th- those folks have got to think I hate them. I don't I actually like Ohio State quite a bit. I'm a Midwestern guy, a Big Ten guy. I went to Ball State, go Cardinals. So I don't have a dog in the Big Ten fight, but for me it's Justin Fields. And for me it's not Justin Fields, it's I don't trust this organization. Um, I heard some interesting takes on his game from Greg Cosell and uh, Ross Tucker on the Ross Tucker podcast the other day talking about the, the situations that gave him trouble against Indiana and Northwestern. They talked a little bit about the sacks that he took, a little bit about the his delivery being a little elongated. I don't know about all that. But what I know is, is I don't trust the Bears. And people people love this. People love the, well, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson fell and Patrick Mahomes. All of that's true. Patrick Mahomes did fall. He fell to Andy Reid and Brett Veach, who have done a great job of surrounding him with some really good talent. And Andy Reid was like a perennial Super Bowl-level coach. He took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. He went to like four NFC Championship games. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes fell to a great coach. And I know what you're going to say, but what about Bill O'Brien? What about Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien got that team to, like I think, three division titles. They went to the AFC Championship game where they had, like what was it, Jerry, 24-3 to lead? Yep over Kansas City. So we make fun of Bill O'Brien, but he was a pretty good coach. And I'm sorry, I'm not convinced Matt Nagy's a very good coach. If I can see it, and I'm just some slapdick who talks fantasy football with another slapdick in Michigan, if I can see that the best thing Mitch Trubisky does is run the ball, and you don't let Mitch Trubisky run the ball, that tells me that maybe you're not the best coach. And that's a concern. You know, Ryan Pace, that's a concern. Is Justin Fields talented enough to overcome all that? Maybe. But I also thought three years ago that Sam Darnold was talented enough to overcome the New York Jets. I was wrong. I don't trust the Bears to continue to support him. I don't think Allen Robinson will be back. And if Allen Robinson leaves that team, what is Justin Fields going to be left with? What, maybe a rookie? Darnell Mooney? Cole Komet? Fourth-year David Montgomery? Coming off of ACL, Tariq Cohen, I am very concerned about the support system and the network that he has. Landing spot does matter. Good for Chicago. They took a big swing and a miss. But I don't trust that that organization, and that's a big part of the reason. It's not Justin Fields. If Justin Fields had landed in Carolina, I would love him more than I love Sam Darnold now. If Justin Fields had landed in Indianapolis, I'd love him more than than Carson Wentz right now. But he landed in a bad spot, and I'm happy to be wrong. But I don't trust that organization to do right by him. And I don't. I think he is talented. I think he's super talented. But much like Sam Darnold, I'll be buying Justin Fields up in a few years when he's on his next team. Because Bears are going to bear. Now go ahead, Jerry. You're our Big Ten guy. You're our Michigan State guy. Tell, tell me I'm, uh, I'm going to get scorched for this. But tell me what you think. I think it's a fine take. I mean, I like Justin Fields. I have watched him kick the living piss out of every team he's played pretty much except for Alabama in a national championship, and Alabama has tended to do that to everybody over the last decade. But I get it, because while I am also a Lions fan and I know what it's like to watch a piss-poor organization, the Chicago Bears are exactly that. There was actually a time when the Detroit Lions had a winning streak, against the Chicago Bears, and that's all you need to know about that. I just, I, I'm with you. It's a... I mean, listen, you know, Matt, any... Matt Nag- listen for, for all that we talk bad about Matt Nagy, he actually wins a lot more games than the credit we give him for. He's like Nickelback. Like, it's popular is, is to not like defense? him, but he's he's actually not as bad. But is that, is, that the talent, is that the talent on the defense and playing Detroit twice it, a it, year? It could be. It could be. Absolutely. I will not. I will not argue that, but... You know, we act like he's Matt Patricia, and I don't think he's Matt Patricia. But I, I'm with you. It's a it's, it's a not that he's Matt Patricia. It's it's just I I don't know. It, it's it gives me pause. Me. Listen, it, and and I think that's fair. And and where you're taking Justin Fields, there's a chance it's 102. And okay. and if that's the case, and, and you know, I I can back you on that one. 
All right, all right. Well, l- let's go to to uh, let's go to, to to better things. Let's go to brighter, sunshinier topics. Give me your twenty twenty one rookie who is most likely to to be be more than you thought to break. I don't want to say break out. Most most likely to exceed expectations, Jerry. Which rookie in twenty twenty one is the most likely to exceed their expectations? If I were to place a bet on who we both are going to say, I'm going to guess you say the same person I'm about to say. But we'll see. Um, Like I said a few weeks ago, this draft class, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to not consume myself with every prospect, and I wanted the NFL draft and their situations to tell me how to play. I, You know, you got to change everything up to see what fits. Um, So there was a lot of people that didn't love this player. He's a little on the smaller side. He ended up getting pretty good draft capital. My guy's going to be Elijah Moore. So I am going to talk about how Rashad Bateman is in first-round ADP, landing in not a great situation. Elijah Moore is landing on the Jets, which... It's not the Adam Gase Jets, but we don't know what kind of Jets it is. So it could be equally as bad. Don't get me wrong. There is a chance that Zach Wilson is going to be a dumpster fire. I don't I don't particularly think that, but the every, you know, everything is within the realm of possibilities. But if you want to talk about a dude that was ungodly productive in the SEC playing against the the J.C. Horns and the Patrick Sertains and all these corners that went in the top half of the first round of the NFL draft. It's Elijah Moore. Like, I, they only played eight games this year, Randy. I want you to tell – I'm going to tell you this man's reception totals. You ready for this? Fire away. All right. So he has one that's five, okay? That is the absolute bottom against Auburn. The other games – 10 receptions, 10 receptions, 11 receptions, 11 receptions, 14 receptions, 13 receptions, 12 receptions. Holy cow. What more do you want in the SEC from a man? And you're going to tell me that they can't slow down somebody that's 5'9", 178? This is the NFL in 2021. You know what you have to do in the NFL in 2021 is not get bullied. And you can't get bullied, ready? Because this is a yellow flag league. So this man will either draw penalties or this man will get open. He has separation. He can do it. Listen, the dude in the SEC had three 200-yard games, and I just said all the receptions. The man's got Antonio Brown mold to him, and I know it's a dirt ball, evil, stupid, pointless move to comp somebody to an NFL Hall of Famer. Now, I mean, we'll see if Antonio Brown gets there, but he's borderline. But it, it, he just he fits in that situation. And if Zach Wilson is the real deal, Randy. Are we thinking Corey Davis in his fifth year breakout is going to show out and he's going to be the guy that does that? Kiss my ass. I, I think I think Corey Davis is the guy who allows Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore to do really, really well. If we look back a year from now, now this offense is ran by Mike LaFleur. Again, we've covered this. It's a derivative yep. of the Shanahan-McVay offense. But if he runs a similar offense, and this defense is still going to be bad, and they're still going to play a lot of really good offenses, and they're going to have to put the ball in the air. And if we see Elijah Moore play that Cooper Cup type role, maybe even a little Debo Samuel to his game, there is going to be a ton of immediate upside. And we're not sure who the favorite target's going to be. Zach Wilson's and brand new. And, and, and where have you seen him in ADP? Second round? Early second? S- uh, Superflex around uh, the two hundred one well, yeah, to two I mean. around the two hundred one to two hundred four. I don't depends. think I don't think I've seen him go in the first round in a rookie draft yet. Maybe uh, one, and, and, but, and but one off QB. the top of my head, I got well, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, we're talking we're talking about chess here. I mean, we're not playing checkers here at the dynasty. Hey man, we, we cater to all dynasty leaguers. I know. One QB, I know. Two, I'm a quit, quit being I'm, a slob, Jerry. Quit I sit atop my ivory tower and I look down upon you peasants. That's Jerry. All. We're the people's podcast, and the people play a lot of one QB dynasty. Yeah, I think he's probably going around the 109, 110, and a one QB. I've only done two one QB drafts so far, so I think that's about the area. Yeah, I, I got him as late as two hundred four in a draft myself. 
I, I feel like I'm stealing getting him there. Now, I agree. My, now, now my guy that's going to exceed expectations this year is going to be Terrace Marshall Jr. Okay. One of the greatest riddles. Are you ready for a riddle? <laughs> I am terrible at riddles, but go ahead. Okay. How in the blue hell did, <laughs> did, did Teddy Bridgewater manage to be QB 18 on the season last year? Was he and, really in, in total, and, and he missed a game. In total points, he had uh, more points per game on average, you know, because he, he played one less game, so he had a few less points than Baker, but he averaged more points per game than Baker Mayfield. How does he do that with only throwing 15 touchdowns? You know, I, Sam Darnold does not have to be much of an upgrade for this team to do great. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of three wide receiver sets. I think he's going to be one of the starting outside receivers right away i don't know that he gets a ton of volume but if robbie i mean but that wide receiving court is very thin behind those three you get past robbie anderson dj moore and Terrace marshall it's very thin i like tight end tommy trimble christian mccaffrey obviously going to catch a lot of footballs in carolina but this is a team last year that still managed over 550 attempts on the season now again how do you attempt 550 passes and only have 16 touchdowns as a team because uh, Philip Walker threw one of those of the 16 touchdowns. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. There is so much meat on the bone. Like anyone who's scared of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson's more of like a best ball play. Or if you play in a league where uh, I heard someone talking about the other day that they have to start three wide receivers, two running backs, and five flex. So a guy like Robbie Anderson has some value in a league. He could win you a week in a, in a league like that. But, man, Terrace Marshall, uh, Robbie Anderson going to be 28 this season, last year of his free agent deal. Next year they're going to have to pay D.J. Moore, and it's going to be D.J. Moore, Terrace Marshall, and probably a rookie. So I'm going to get on the Terrace Marshall train early. Uh, I'm, I know people get, people get really excited for A plus B takes, and I understand that. They're easy. They're yeah. fun. They're comfortable, like your old favorite pair of shoes. Did you know that Joe Marsh, that that that, that Terrace Marshall and Joe Brady worked together at LSU? Did you, Jerry? Did you know? I that? did know that. Have you seen Have you seen that on Twitter? I it's have. How, believe it or they, not, they, 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 did you know they won a national championship? Indeed, they did. I had heard that. Now that's not what gets me excited. It, it's the upside of this offense. This is a division where you're going to have to put the ball in the air. This is kind of still the defense optional. Atlanta Falcons, the defense optional. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although their defense looked really good the last yeah. half of last year. And the Saints. Uh, it's going to be an interesting division. I want a part of it. And I don't think, I think he is the guy. It's either going to be Terrace Marshall or Amon Ross St. Brown, who we look back a year from now. And we're going to look, we're going to look at each other in the eye. We're going to go. And that's the dude we should have drafted earlier. That's the guy we should have taken. That's my guy. That's my most likely to exceed expectations. That's the term we're going to use. Any thoughts on Marshall before we uh, we take a little break? No, I think I think that's perfect. He's just, I mean, not to be a dickhead, but the Joe Brady combination is sort of a good one. Jerry, I mean, they work together at LSU. Something. I am just saying. LSU. It matters. I, I, it really does. It, it, it matters that they wanted him. What matters is the second round draft capital. Yeah. What what matters is there's a quarterback upgrade. What matters is there's good weapons around him. And what matters is is that he's going to be able to do his thing without having the pressure of a Jamar Chase, of a Devonta Smith, of a Jalen Waddle. These guys who have to come in as the rookie first rounders, top what top eleven picks, all of those guys. But they have to come in and, and be major contributors right away. Terrace Marshall can just lay out same with Elijah Moore. You know, there's, they're expecting a second-year leap from Denzel Mims. They're expecting their free agent, Corey Davis, to contribute. The guys that we selected, they can exceed expectations because the pressure's not there. So, Jerry, I love your pick. Hold that, on. Let me, let, me, let me sidebar real quick. Okay. Yeah, you, talk Phil to me Luster. a little bit. I'm, a, I'm on Ross St. Brown because, you know, I, I, I'm a Lions fan. So I am ultimately and just utterly pessimistic about everything that they do. Like it, it's tough for me to get excited about the things that they do just because every time I do, I get let down. So you know, what do you see from a perspective of not someone who's literally drinking a drink that is Honolulu blue? Oh, I, you I, think I'm kidding? 
I that mean, says I Honolulu not. Blue, does it not? Honolulu it, it, Blue cream soda. It, it, that looks like um, like a Jones soda. But it's sort of like that. I'm 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 not gonna you know I'm not gonna dub that poor drink a Honolulu Blue. I feel I feel bad for those people. So I got Amon Ross St. Brown at the 301 in uh, our Ultimate Premium League that we yep. do. I think we're gonna look back and that's gonna be a steal. I, I think people get too caught up in the fourth round draft capital. But here's the thing, that's value. And we're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So a lot more talent is going to fall at the wide receiver position. We've said it before and we've said it again. The NCAA continues every single year to provide us with 20 to 25 wide receivers that can contribute as early as year one. We're just going to have to suck it up and live with it. And I think that's part of the... I think that's part of the, the growing process of dynasty. We have to look at what the NFL's doing, and we kind of have to mirror that. So if you get like a legit stud wide receiver that's like an alpha target monster, why would you ever get rid of that? Because everybody else, it, it's literally, it's a continuous cycle of the 2017 class, the 2018 class, the 2019 class, and now these guys are starting to get cycled out of the league. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, outside of a little bit of interest from the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore, there wasn't much of a market for him. He's 24 years old. He's got a 1,400-yard season on his on his resume, and the guy had two offers and went back for one year, $8 bucks. Now, I know it was a weird cap year, but the wide receiver position is going to be one that continues to have a lot of talent. Why? Because it's one of the highest-paid positions in the NFL. A lot of great athletes are playing the position in high school and college, and we're going to continue to see a lot of them. So we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable with these guys falling in the fourth round. That was the big knock on your boy, um, Bustler, Hakeem Bustler, a couple years ago. He was a fourth-round pick. That's okay. I'm going to take all of the Amon Ra St. Brown that my league mates uh, will let me, but I will tell you there's been a course correction in his ADP. Because I'm seeing him going mid-second in Superflex drafts right now. That's about where I think is a good spot for him. He should be going after the Elijah Moores. And uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think he's going to be forced into action right away. It's going to be him. It's going to be Hawk. It's going to be Quintez Cephas, uh, Tyrell Williams. They brought in uh, Brashad Perryman. If that's not a wide receiving group that should be ranked in that upper echelon of uh, NFL, <laughs> I don't know what would be, Jerry. I mean, what, what else? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's just the opportunity with Amon Saint, Amon Ross Saint Brown. It's just and the name. I mean, the name and the opportunity. He's you don't have to beat out much. You, you, know, you may not, have scars. You may have scars you're not, from dealing with his brother, from dealing with his brother true. Equinemius. That's true. We we, we but, thought so much of him coming in, and then all of a sudden, it's looking at you, Debbie players. Mm. Uh, but you know, he's not Rondale Moore competing with DeAndre Hopkins, so I can dig it. He has been a value unless you play with Detroit Lions fans like I do, in which case, you dopes, I got to stop taking him so early. That's all I'll say. All right. Well, what I'm going to say is we're going to take a minute to hear a word from our friends at Viridian Global. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself. And our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V E R I D I A N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and then you'll see all the t shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. All right. Thanks to our friends at Viridian Global. That is the home of our t-shirt. You can get this fine cap if you're watching live on YouTube or Twitter that Jerry's wearing. You can get t-shirts. You can get raglans, hoodies. 
you name it, we got it. And uh, Mr. G from the Aussie Guys is watching live on the YouTube. G and I are working on a t-shirt collaboration. I have got to get off my ass and get that up over at Viridian Global. So check out Viridian Global, the Dynasty Warzone shop, and uh, pick yourself up something uh, real nice. All right, Jerry, we're going to go to a rookie. We're going to go to a small school rookie, most likely to break out. Jerry, who is your small school rookie most you know, likely? No, 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 no. I'm going to flip it. I want you to tell me first this time. Okay. Well, I have two. Now, one guy went to the University of Cincinnati. The other guy went to SMU. Now, when I think of small school, yeah, we could go southwest, directional, Oklahoma, Utah State, you know, where'd, uh, where'd James Robinson go, southeast, Illinois State? Illinois something, yeah, I don't know. You know, the, the best I could come up with this year is, is uh, Jared Dokes, who went to the University of Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, if you were to, just physically, just physically, um, and I always like to give reference. I did get his stats from playerprofiler.com. Jerry mentioned Sharp football earlier. Um, went to player profiler. He ran like a mid 5840 at his pro day. Uh, he had a good burst score. But like if like from a prototypical size standpoint, I mean he's the dude. 5'11, 228 pounds. And I know we all love Miles Gaskin, but I mean he didn't make it through the entire season last year. Nothing about journeyman Malcolm Brown makes me nervous in the in the backfield, in the running back room there in Miami. I know people like um, Salvan Ahmed. I hope I got is out, whatever. Not going to be here much longer. Bum, crumb bum, shoe clerk. I mean, I went to our lads, and uh, and if you're ever looking for like a, a roster uh, depth chart, just go to ourlads.com. So search, like, like I did, it's Miami Dolphins, our lads. It pulled it right up. They have him listed as the third stringer. I don't know. He's the guy that I'm going to be looking at in camp. I've picked him up in about three of my leagues in the draft. I know it's a dart throw, but if I'm going to make a dart throw on a guy, it's going to be at the running back position. And then Kylan Grayson. Now, I tweeted this out during the draft, and he's starting to get a little bit more love on some other podcasts, and that's cool. Um, he caught my eye because I'm a Colts fan. And when the Colts didn't go after Zach Ertz, they second-round tendered Mo Alley-Cox. They still have baby hands Jack Doyle floating around there. There's not a lot between Kylan Grayson and some real time as a rookie. Uh, Jack Doyle, not the healthiest cat around. And I just see an opportunity where he could break out late. I love taking guys like, uh, he's not a small school guy, but like Tommy Tremble in Carolina. I love taking guys like Kylan Grayson. And I like putting them on the back end of my taxi squad and just letting them chill. If they become something cool, right? I love it. It's a big thumbs up. It's a big win. Um, where I don't tend to take as many flyers because they're, they're just so hard to hit is on wide receivers. I wanted to say, I think it's Austin Watkins. Um, you know, I may be stealing yours, uh, Jalen Darden or a couple of small school guys that I liked, but man, I just, if I'm going to throw a dart, give me tight end because it's such a scarcity of good ones and give me the running back because if they break out like a James Robinson, you can turn, you can turn a dollar into a hundred dollar bill and it can be Dogecoin. So there you go. Those are my two small school guys, Jerry. Yeah, I am just like you. I, if I'm going to take a dart throw, it's not going to be a wide receiver in that spot. I, I have three guys and it's two running backs and a tight end. We got the same tight end. I wanted you to go first. I was going to be a good co-host because I sort of thought you were going to pick Kyle Granson, Kylan Granson, excuse me. I've been scooping that dude up everywhere for the same reasons that you've been saying. Um, The two guys I picked, I'm going to say one because I just liked him coming out. I liked him as a prospect. He's been extremely productive, really, his whole career. And that's Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. He's little, though. Like, he's a little fella, and that scares the wits out of me. He's like me running around out there, and that is not conducive to surviving. But... He's a good player, and if he was bigger, I, he would definitely have had good draft capital. But, you know, he's in a situation where he's got Antonio Gibson, who's a dog and made me look stupid last year. But that's about it. So if anything were to happen to Antonio Gibson, he would have the possibility of gaining a very big role. I mean, he's got to compete with, like, you know, Peyton Barber and JT McKissick, and they signed Lamar Miller, so I didn't even Bums. realize he was still. I thought, <laughs> I thought for sure he was selling shoes, but. Jerry, Jer, are, are you familiar 
with the great, I'm sure you are, one of the great sportsmen of all time, great boxer, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. He said, I'm knocking out all bums. It wouldn't take a lot for Jarek Patterson to go into that running back room and start knocking out bums. Looking at J.D. McKissick, tomato can, pow. Looking at, you know, some of these other jokers and just like Lamar Miller, pow, get out of here. So, yeah, he could go into that room and knock out some bums and, and carve out a role. I think that's a good call. You said you had two more? I, I got one more. The other one was Kylan Grant's in the tight end. He's a, he's a good late-round flyer for all the reasons we say about tight ends. And a fourth-round tight end pick might as well be a second-round tight end pick. Let's be real. There, I mean, that's there, there's the tight ends that get overdrafted that the Lions pick, and then there's the range that is actually successful, you know, the, the George Kittles that are fifth-round picks, and he's sort of in there. You know, this again goes back to the Ross Tucker podcast. I was listening to him and Greg Cosell, and they were talking about tight ends. Who are the best three tight ends in the league currently? I would say Kelsey, Kittle, and probably Waller. Okay, and where did Kelsey get drafted? I think he was the second. I think he was either late second or third. Where was Kittle drafted? I think it was the fifth. And where was Waller drafted? No idea, so not that I think I think he was like a sixth as a wide receiver and then bounced around and, and the Raiders plucked him off the, the Ravens practice squad. So it's not to say that, you know, we're saying that Kylan Grayson's going to be Darren Waller. What we're saying is, is that don't let the draft capital, especially at the tight end position consume you. Have I taken uh, shots at guys like Tommy Sweeney, Steven Sullivan, uh, Jared, Jared Pinkney, Pinkley, whatever he was last year. Of course, I'm always going to. I would much rather have those guys on my bench because the draft capital seems to matter so much less than it does at the wide receiver position. So that's why I had Kylan Grayson. I'm, I'm very proud to hear that you had Kylan Grayson as well. Jerry, let's go out on a high note. Let's do that because we're, we're, we're positive people here at the Dynasty Warzone. Yep. Give, give me the rookie you're going to be most likely to be trading for a year from now. So a guy that you like right now, that you think is going to struggle his rookie year, but you believe in the talent, and that you believe in the talent, you believe his situation is going to change, and you're going to be swooping in, you're going to come riding in on your white horse, and you're going to save this man and, and save his, his dynasty draft value, and you're going to put him on your roster. I won't necessarily say I'm going to save his dynasty draft value. I just think people are going to give up on this man far quicker than they should, and it's because he's already... As we are sitting here in the at the pinnacle moment of rookie overreaction, Mac Jones is not an afterthought, but he might as well be an afterthought. And I do truthfully think Cam Newton is going to get the go. And even if he doesn't, Mac Jones is going to go in, and that is not a great situation for him. Oh, thanks for Nikhil Harry and Kendrick Bourne. You're a real peach. Like, You're going to you sit here. You're going to sit here and besmirch the good damn name of Nelson Aguilar? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely I am. This dude is just not – well, at least he'll have Sony Michelle and Damian Harris to run the ball. At least Damian Harris got a pulse, I guess. But it's just – you know, he's already not sexy. So if he doesn't come in and pop, if he doesn't hit that Justin Herbert – because, you know, Justin Herbert wasn't sexy, but he popped. And so now his value's through the roof. If he doesn't, he's Mitchell Trubisky. We're, we're going to be done with him. And that's that's my dynasty narrative voice. That's what that's what the community voice sounds like. Well, we're done. We don't need Mac Jones anymore. Uh, and I'm going to scoop that up because he's still going to be a starting quarterback. He's still shown everything you need in the SEC. It's just a bad situation. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an in-between. It's the, you know. I'm trying to think of what the Latin term is, and it's escaping me right now. But, you know, you're in between kings. It's like the the interregnum. There we go. The interregnum. You're in between, you know, two great leaders. You know, the goat in Tom Brady and then the young gun, you know, from Alabama, from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick. I just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard for him to sort of grow into that role because it's a bad spot. Like it's going to be like when the Lions draft a quarterback, or or you know, the, Zach Wilson's in it now too. Zach Wilson could be in this topic of conversation too. I just feel like people like Zach Wilson a little better than they like Mac Jones, so I think his value is going to be a little more stable. I think the narrative around Mac Jones is going to dip dramatically, and 
there's going to be probably three quarterbacks that come out next year, and people are going to want Mac Jones much less than all three of them, especially this time next year. Well, well, you hit on a lot of things here, and you did mention Zach Wilson. I'd like to hit on his mom. Can I get a hey now? I'm sorry. Just <laughs> Zing! Hey, you know, that low-hanging fruit. Um, you know, you, you always want to be the man after the man. Like, was, I think if I'm the Patriots, first of all, do you think Bill Belichick spent like $130 million in guaranteed money in free agency not to compete this year? No. Do you think Bill Belichick likes watching Tom Brady be successful in New no. England? No. no. So, so which quarterback gives gives Bill uh, uh, Uncle Bill the the most likelihood to win this year? It's Cam Newton. It, it's Cam, yeah. and I'm fine with that. I am fine with Mac Jones completely redshirting. I have zero point zero issue with that. He had no problem redshirting and whatever behind Tua for a few years, and when they called his number, he was ready. I think that's a great take. Uh, I like him, and you know what? I like that Cam's going to be the two year buffer between Tom Brady and the next guy. It takes some of that sting off of it. You know, you don't want to be the guy who goes on, you know, and, and tries to take the place of Letterman. You know, David Letterman for years on Late Night was great. Uh, and it took us a while to get some more good people. And I, there's nothing wrong with that buffer in between. So give me all the cam in 2021, but I will be looking forward to Mac Jones in 2022. Now, if Cam gets hurt or he still can't throw the ball because of his shoulder, Mac may be forced into action. And I can't wait to see how this offense looks in like preseason and training camp. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do like in the first half of a game with Cam and then what happens when Mac Jones comes in. It's going to be must-see TV. All right, my guy, this is a guy that I have zero shares of to date, but are you ready? Are you going to say Kyle Pitts? I am not going to say Kyle Pitts. Okay, because, go ahead. You know, his, his current acquisition cost is higher than giraffe nuts. And I think he could do he, – he could have a horrible season and people aren't – I've seen this movie too many times before. The super high draft pick guy, um, the can't-miss prospect, we would as – a, as a dynasty community, we would totally write off all of his sins as a rookie. And his value is pretty much etched in stone for at least two to three years. Uh, my guy is going to be Devonta Smith. Okay. Dude, this – and I like Devonta Smith. I, I'm not a size – I mean, I'm a gym bro, but I'm not against the guy because he's thin. Uh, again, I believe the rules of the NFL have changed, and it's safer than ever to play wide receiver. You can't put your hands on him. You mentioned earlier the flag-happy league. It's an offensive-based league, and I think this dude's going to be everything that we've ever thought he would be, but I think it'll be next year. Um, I, I know I'll get heat for this, but I don't think Jalen Hurts is the man. I've been listening because, you know, the schedule came out last week, and a lot of people are talking about Philadelphia's schedule. Uh, it was pointed out by your man, Warren Sharp, uh, that the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles play a four-game stretch where they play four games in 17 days. Now, normally that would be like That's a span. Fine. Yeah. And in that span, they get Dallas, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. Two on the road, two at home. Dude, I'm telling you, the, the NFL powers that be that wrote the schedule did Philadelphia no favors. And they're a very highly projected team in the draft next year, like a top five pick. And they've got an additional first. And um, I think Jalen Hurts would have to move mountains this year to avoid that. And I, I think Nick Sirianni is clearly the wrong coach. I think Nick Sirianni, I still believe that he was hired to try to band-aid the relationship with Carson Wentz. Nick Sirianni had ties to Frank Reich. Whoops. Yeah, and now you've got Mr. Rock, Paper, Scissors in there trying to <laughs> develop an offense that I've never seen him use. Nick Sirianni's resume includes work with guys like Phillip Rivers, with guys like Jacoby Brissett, with guys like Andrew Luck. He doesn't have a lot of experience with guys like Jalen Hurts. Um, I know there was a, a quarterback coach they brought in. I will just say this. Can Jalen Hurts succeed? Absolutely. Is it an uphill battle for him? Absolutely. And I just, I don't see the, you know, he was a 52% completion passer last year. In fairness to him, he only played in four games. So I think that'll be closer to like 60. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think we're going to see enough of the goodness that we would want to see out of Devonta Smith. I think people are going to blame it on his size. I think that's, I think that's when the size narrative plays into your favor. You know, people are going to say, yep, yeah, I knew he couldn't do it. Yep, yeah, they didn't target him. Yep, yeah, whatever the, the, the lie is. And this already feels like a run-based offense. They have Miles Sanders. They still have Jordan Howard. 
They brought in your boy, Carrion Johnson. They've got Boston Scott. They've got Kenneth Gainwell. That tells me they want a lot of depth. <laughs> right. that ru- they have a lot of depth at running back. Why? Why? Because they want to run the ball and protect this young quarterback. Okay, if you're running the ball and protecting the young quarterback, you know what you're not doing? Putting a lot of balls in the air. You're not putting a lot of volume in the air. We still have both tight ends still there today, Ertz and Goddard. You still have last year's first there. It's a, it's it's a very it's a very similar frustration that you'll fade with uh, Rashad Bateman. I just project a low passing volume offense, and because of that, a lot of fickle dynasty owners will feel like they got gypped for spending a first round pick on him. And this guy right here is going to raise his hand, and I'm going to come talk to you. I, and and we have uh, PJ Kennedy in the chat. I was he thinking said, exactly what he asked. He yeah. said, "Are the are the are the Eagles the next?" Are Eagles the next Ravens? Um, n- yes and no. The offense is going to look similar, but Nick Sirianni is never, ever, never, never, ever, never, never, ever, never, ever, never going to be confused with John Harbaugh. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, that's the problem. If if the Eagles had a better coach, he said, rank these quarterbacks. Darnold, Hurts. That's a bunch Smith. of your guys, so I want to I want to hear you do that one. Uh, for dynasty or for this year, Jerry? Dude, uh, dude, just do dynasty. Hey, we're a dynasty, dynasty podcast. Dynasty, okay. Um, mm, uh, neutral across the board. I don't know. No, no one likes that guy. I'm going to go Wentz because I believe the most in his head coach. I'm going to go Jones because I believe in the draft capital and Gettleman. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Darnold and Hurts. And I don't like any of it. I just don't trust Nick Sirianni. And I, I know that I, I just don't believe any of these dudes are special enough on their own to overcome bad coaching. So there you go. So look at that. If you're following on YouTube and you ask questions in the chat, we just may answer them. All right, Jerry, what do you got before we get out of here? Uh, I got Wentz, Darnold, Hurts, Jones. That's what I got. Wentz, Hurts. I'm sorry, one more time. Wentz, Hurts, Darnold, Jones? No, Wentz, Darnold, Hurts, Jones. I like Wentz. I like his situation. I feel like your Colts have a good foundation. They have Jonathan Taylor, so they really don't need anything absolutely bananas crazy you know, for Carson Wentz to do. I think they're going to add some pieces. They're not going to rely on T.Y. Hilton. I just don't love Jalen Hurts. I understand that Jalen Hurts has the higher ceiling out of all four of those people. He just scares the absolute shit out of me. For the, the same reasons you said, I just... I can't do it. And Sam Darnold's like 23 years old. He's going to have DJ Moore. And this man can fall asleep and just dump the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and just let Christian McCaffrey run in some touchdowns. So I I like that situation. Then I put Jalen Hurts just because I'm not a huge Daniel Jones guy. I don't think Kenny Galladay is a supreme talent in the league. And I don't really love anything else that they have there outside of Saquon Barkley. Now, for the same argument. You know, for argument's sake, they could also dump it to Saquon, and he can run it in, too. I just, I like Sam Darnold's situation better. So, Wentz, Darnold, Hurts, Jones. I Matt should probably, agrees I should probably have Jones. Jones higher, especially if they use him more in the running game. He is the the, the, the sneaky Konami if, code. If, see. The, that, it, that's it, the whole it, thing. I don't trust any of the, but here's the one I trust. This is why well, I have I don't Wentz either. first. I don't either. Here's the reason why I have Wentz first is I believe in Frank Reich. He got 4,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, and only 11 TDs out of Phil Rivers, who we were trying to shuffle off to the glue factory this time last year. You go to the year before that, he got 3,018 TDs and only six interceptions out of Jacoby Brissett. And Andrew Luck retired. Who should be at the glue factory. After, after you know, uh, preseason game four. They had to force Jacoby into action and totally revamp the offense. This is about 25% in the fact that I like Wentz and I think he can be saved and about 75% on Frank Reich in the offense Agreed. and the line. And it, again, situation matters when you're, when you're not, when you're not dealing in the currency of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Kyler and all of these guys, when you're not dealing in that currency and you're dealing in this next tier down, you got to look a lot closer at who the head coach is and who the weapons around them are and what's the offensive scheme. And what's the contracts like? All of the contracts mean nothing like they used to. So there you go, Jerry. Another hour of power with the man who's too sweet to be sour. He is Jerry Sinclair. 
so we're going to hear a quick word from my man Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. They have a new launch on Thursday. It is their Stack the Deck launch. If you're into poker or uh, things that uh, stacking the deck in your favor, even as it relates to here with Dynasty, you can check that out over at thehate.com. The T H E H V I I I dot com. Promo code MEMPHIS at checkout. So, Jerry, we're going to get out of here. We're going to be back here next week. We have a very special guest. Uh, I do have a confirmation, but you know what? Life happens. But, but I don't want to put them out there, but just say um, there's someone that you all know a lot. A lot tease. of you know. It's a big tease. And he will be here with us next week on this very show. And we'll be talking more Dynasty. So, on behalf of that man, his name is Jerry Sinclair. My name is Memphis. You can follow the show at Dynasty Warzone. Until then, remember, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Talk to you real soon, guys. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out if you want to go over to thehate.com. Hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. Howdy, Warzone listeners. My name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons in sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks of being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. Oh, yeah, and another thing. Nine times out of ten, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Talk about that bullshit you do. Stay the fuck out of mind.